So there's a double emphasis tonight. In one sense, all God's people, by virtue of our baptism, have a calling and a ministry. All God's people have a vocation. And tonight, as we pray for our bishop, ostensibly we're praying for him among the people of God and for the ministry that we share together. As we pray for God's anointing upon our bishop, we pray for that same anointing upon us, that we might be people of the kingdom, lovers of Christ, and people who inhabit the riches of the gospel. So before we begin with song worship, let us stand and I shall pray for us. Living God, we thank you that you're an awesome and a majestic God. We thank you that you have revealed the tenderness of your heart to us in the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we seek to serve the ascended Lord, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit upon all your church for the work of ministry. We pray that tonight each of us may feel prayed for, commissioned, encouraged and emboldened. And we pray for Bishop Michael, that as he comes amongst us, he may feel himself surrounded by those who want to serve with him for the advancement of your kingdom in this region, to the honour and glory of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship God in song. Lord, help us when we are praying. 
Please sit down as our prayers are led for us by Jen Middleton. As we pray for our diocese, we'll use the response, your kingdom come, if you could reply, your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, we remember before you our five diocesan priorities. We remember that we're a people called to discover the heart of you, our God. Father, we pray that we would take time together and on our own to search for you, to know what it is you call us to as individuals, but also as a diocese. We pray that we would have a hunger to search after your voice in all we do. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we remember that we're called to the task to grow disciples. We give thanks for those who've helped our journey of discipleship to form, for those who've nurtured us in the faith. We pray for our call to help shape and nurture others. We pray that we would have time and space to share your love with others, to rejoice as we see people coming to faith to share in the joy as others grow in the knowledge and love of you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, you've called us as a diocese to reach new generations. We pray for those we know who are yet to know you. We particularly remember those who are young, and for children, young people, and young adults who so desperately need to hear your voice. We pray that we would not be afraid to share the message of your good news with those around us. We pray for those with particular calls to young people, that they would feel strengthened and encouraged and equipped to follow you into it, that they would know that you encourage them to go to these people and these places, knowing that you are already there. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done. Father, you place us in this diocese and in all the many communities that we represent today. So as we all remember our call to transform the communities we're part of, we pray for all the places that we represent. Lord, we know that you are a God who loves each and every one of them. For the places that we call home, for the countries and other dioceses and churches that we're connected to, we pray that you would help us to be people of transformation, who bring hope and joy to desperate places, who celebrate where we glimpse your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Father, we know we're a people called to generosity. We pray that you would help us to be generous with our time, with our energy, with our relationships and our money. Help us to be people who give graciously in all that we do. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we long to be a diocese that seeks after you in all we do as we continue to search for you and know you in our actions, in our character, and in our communities. Help us to glimpse your kingdom here. Amen. Our reading is... Our reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it's the first 11 verses. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary... By setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. This is the word of the Lord. Let's spend a few moments in quiet, 
each asking God to speak into our own lives, asking him to use his word to touch us and minister to us afresh. Lord, in your mercy. Michael, recently your boss and mine was interviewed at Greenbelt. I don't mean God, I do mean Justin Welby. (laughs) He said, I think with real humility and humanity, that sometimes he feels a fraud. He had always believed that God was infallible until they appointed him as the Archbishop of Canterbury. (laughs) He mused for a while and wondered, are you really seriously, Lord, about this, Lord? And in this interview with the Gogglebox vicar, uh, he he said he often found himself lost for words. Lost for words, perhaps, when he was confronted with a mass grave where countless children and adults had been massacred. Lost for words when he attended the family in a hospital ward who just lost their child. And he said, in the presence of those things, I who am called to speak for God find myself struck dumb and reduced to tears. So it is that Paul speaks to all who take on significant oversight roles. And he says, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. This calling is not about us. It's not about Justin Welby, Michael Ipgrave, John Coyne, or anybody else. It's God's mercy that calls us out into a place of service. It's not about our foibles and our acknowledged weaknesses, because to be real with our weaknesses, I assume even when you're a bishop, is a good thing. But what matters in the end, says Paul, is the one whom we serve and represent. He alone is the saviour. He alone is the redeemer. He alone is the healer and the restorer. Thankfully, not us. For what we preach, he goes on to say, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. All of God's people, every one of us who knows Jesus Christ, are called to represent him before others. As Christians, we are quite literally commissioned not as officers, but as servants of Christ. And it's in our vocation as servants that we come into our own. And this is true for all who know Christ. And as our bishop, you will need to be secure in working that out in a particular way that goes with your calling. That's why we long to pray for you and with you. Your role is impossible in its range and scope. We recently appointed someone to this parish, and on the day we made the announcement, I said, we've just appointed someone to do job X. Anyone who applies for this job is either utterly insane, or they know God's people are going to back them and engage with them in ministry. 
But as a bishop, you will have unique opportunities that we don't have. And even the church will at times press you into moving into multiple directions according to their wishes and whims for a bishop. But through God's mercy, you always represent someone else. And that's why verse 2 says, renouncing ungodly ways and seeking to live a holy life is God's call on every Christian. A life of Christian character befits not only a bishop, but all those who know and serve Christ. And that's why we long to pray for you and with you. That's why we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. And that's why we all answer to him as the true Lord of his church. One of the pulpits I occupied in the past used to have a plaque on this side. I think they've even got rid of the pulpit now. But it simply had the text from John chapter 12. Sir, we want to see Jesus. And when anyone dares to exercise a ministry be it a ministry of foot washing or leadership. Sir, we want to see Jesus. And so, Michael, if as our bishop you rest and serve under the cover of God's mercy, if your leadership is marked by that Christian character, not cunning, if you proclaim to a church full of hungry disciples that honouring Jesus Christ is the right way to shape our lives, if in you we see that reflection of Jesus Christ, then you will have modelled well for us the life of a follower of Christ and you will be absolutely everything that we can ask of our diocesan bishop. Paul puts that calling in the form of a statement in verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The light of Christ. The life of Christ. The good news of Christ shining in each of us and through us is at the essence of the Christian life. It is at the essence of Christian ministry. And it is at the essence of Christian leadership. He, our Lord Jesus, is the treasure and no one is insulting us when, like Paul, we're described as jars of clay. We are all of us who know Christ. Simple pots that contain an immeasurable wealth. And that's fine for any Christian, for any bishop, even for an Archbishop of Canterbury. And thank God he knows it. That's why we long to pray for you and with you. And then the apostle turns to cover the essence of what it means to live as an apostolic church. Paul had clearly had a hard time in Asia. The gospel was not and is not always welcome. And this passage speaks of blindness and hostility in verses 2 to 4 and of the cross-shaped pressure that faithfulness to the gospel can mean. So Michael, come amongst us as someone with an apostolic passion for the good news of Jesus. Bring with you your deep wisdom and prayerfulness that will help us share the gospel of Christ in a post-Christian age. And please always teach us to live the gospel 
to love the gospel and to share the gospel with the fullest range of humanity and this community of many nations, which is your diocese. It was the theologian Maltman who wrote, A life worthy of the gospel liberates us to be ourselves and fills us with the power of the Spirit. The life worthy of the gospel also has its discipline, but it is the discipline of joy, holy joy. And our calling is not to a joyless Christianity, but an open, joyful following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Michael, that's why we long to pray with you, for you, and you with us. Let's be still in God's presence. Living God, thank you for these words from St. Paul, who knew the enormous privilege of the Christian life, the immense challenges of Christian ministry, and the supreme dignity to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and to be to the world servants for Jesus' sake. Help us not to simply marvel at Paul's words but by your grace and mercy to inhabit the reality of which he speaks. Help us with our bishop to be encouraged by the gospel, by your love, by your mercy, and by the opportunities that face us not simply when we're gathered together, but when we're dispersed throughout the week. In Christ's name. So shortly, some people will pray uh, for Bishop Michael in the body of the, the congregation there. But before we do that, a chance for all of us to respond to God and to give ourselves with our bishop back to the service of Christ. Let's stand to worship him.
Your endless love. 
So if you're able to remain standing as our bishop is prayed for in the body down there by a few people, I'd encourage you just to reach out a hand and join in those prayers as others pray out loud for him. Bishop. just want to say from my heart a, a very big thank you. Thank you to um, this church and this parish for welcoming me this evening. Thank you to you, John, for your very wise um, teaching, which I'll ask you for your notes afterwards, if I may, which will we'll sink into my heart. Thank you to all of you for coming here this evening and for your really warmth of welcome, which almost feels physical to me. I've, I've really experienced a great sense of, of being welcomed here. And most of all, thank you for your prayers. Um, don't stop now, please. Um, I, I am very, very conscious that this is, this is a ministry that I simply cannot do in my own strength, and I'd be stupid to try to do that. I can only do it by God's grace and with your prayers. So please keep praying for me as I will pray for you. I want to give you just three words which I think are the kind of people that God is calling us to be and those words are joyful, trustful and thoughtful. We are called to be a joyful people. We've got every reason in the world to be joyful. God has won the victory for us in Jesus Christ and opened that huge promise to us and we live under his mercy. And that joy needs to overflow to draw other people in. And I sense that tonight, but let's carry on being joyful. We need to be a trustful people. We're held in God's loving embrace. We know who we are. We are his children. And we live in a world that's full of anxiety. And we can show a better way of being trustful. doesn't mean the challenges in our lives will go away, but we know God is with us and will never forsake us. So let's live out that sense of security by not being consumed with anxiety. And we need to be thoughtful. We need to take care and time and attention in the way that we relate to one another, the way we speak of one another. I'm going to tell you something you may not know. Not everybody in the Church of England agrees about everything. <laughs> that may be news to you. It's not to me. Um, <clears throat> As we, as we face issues about which we're going to disagree, as we're just different people, um, let's take care and be thoughtful about the way that we speak and care for one another. So let's be joyful, let's be trustful, and let's be thoughtful. And thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you. Before I announce the closing hymn, I need to tell you about a new group that exists in Aldridge. It's a group that exists exclusively for men at the moment. It's not theological, trust me. We are affectionately known as the fat blokes of Aldridge. And we're all in therapy because we go to Slimming World. Being the rector of Aldridge, I don't go to the one here, I go elsewhere in Streetly Parish. 
uh, were doing quite well, which unfortunately means those cakes at the back are not for me. When the service is over, I shall lead in solemn procession the bishop down there, but in order to get out tonight, you might need your help. So do stay for refreshments, and I know that Bishop Michael will want to talk with you and hear your thoughts, your hopes, and be assured of your prayers. So in that time, don't rush off, just enjoy uh, some fellowship with him and with one another. So we're going to sing uh, a final hymn, a song of Mary. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. Let's stand to worship God. we stand, let us pray. May God, our creator, fill us with a longing to renew the face of the earth and to seek the salvation of all its peoples. May Christ, our risen saviour, give us a deep security in him and the knowledge of what it is to live in his risen power. And may the Holy Spirit give to us, with Michael, all the gifts and graces required to live out and to seek the kingdom.
And to that end, may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.